Alright, hello fantasy disc golf fans and welcome to Chill Disc Days, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host Matthew Williams and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. And I would uh, like to officially welcome you to episode number five of Chill Disc Days. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest, a co-host, and technical mastermind behind Smashbox TV, and also the founder and creator, man behind the operation of the fantasy disc golf platform that we all use and love, Skip Base, Johnny V. How are you doing tonight, Johnny? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to be able to nerd out a little bit and talk about fantasy disc golf. Yeah, absolutely. First guests to the show, and who better than the man who created you know, fantasy disc golf for, for all of us? Yeah, how's your offseason going, Johnny? So far, so good. It's funny because I'm a little bit more busy in the off season. When it comes to Skip Ace, I'm more busy in the off season because we're getting everything prepped for the next season. A lot of new features and things like that. And during the disc golf season, I'm busy doing a lot of the broadcast stuff with the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So I don't feel like there's a lot of off season for me, but we'll see. We're slowing down now with the Pro Tour stuff in, over the next year or two so I can focus a little bit more on Skip Ace. Yeah, that's that's good to hear for fantasy disc golf fans. A little bit more attention to skip base. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, I saw skip base started around 2016. Is that right? Well, skip base. Gosh, it's it's got a slightly longer history than that. Even Um, I originally sketched out some of the stuff when I was in college and that was I'm old. So that was back in like 2001. I remember sitting in a class next to Terry of all things. And just starting to kind of lay it out because I was such a big fan of uh, fantasy football, even back then when it was really just Yahoo doing fantasy football. So I remember kind of sketching that out in a notebook. And then I created using a program called Macromedia Dreamweaver, <laughs> an old, old Adobe product, well, pre-Adobe product. And it was called, it was under a different domain. It was fantasydg.com. And I had that and that ran for like six years before... Um, I started to have, I had kids then and I ran out of time and I didn't feel like I could dedicate a lot of the time to it. So I really kind of set it aside. And now that, that domain actually, Udisc bought that domain because when I let it, when I let it expire, they, they snapped it up at some point. Um, but I let it go for a few years. There was one or two other companies I think that came in and did something, but they ended up dying off. And at one point, I think it was in like 2015 or 2016, I just kind of thought, you know what? I've got a little bit more time now. Nobody else is doing this. Let's really kind of, let's start to bring it back. Let's, I think I can do it. So I honestly pulled up the old website and I started from there, from the oldest original website. And I handed it off at some point to a developer a few years ago because it got to a point where some of the features I wanted to bring in, I didn't have time to learn how to program them. I'm not a programmer by heart. I can do a real, I can do the real basics and that's about it. And I handed it off to the developer and him and I now kind of work together on on creating. I create the ideas and I hand it off to him and he develops them. Oh, wow. So OK, so it's really just a team of two. You had the bones, mm-hmm. you had the bones, got it started with the idea and then just handed off it with the developer with as a feedback for improvements. And he kind of just takes the technical end from there. Yeah, that's really kind of what it is. And it's funny because my developer knows nothing about fantasy sports. He, he is 100 percent a programmer, has no interest in sports, kind of your typical uh, you know, 
you know, younger kind of nerdy guy, really nice guy. But so I know all the fantasy stuff. He knows all the programming. It's my site. I own it. I kind of contract him out to do most of the work. But uh, it's been a really great relationship, honestly. He, I couldn't ask for a better guy to help me develop the, the site. Yeah, that's great. So how many fantasy disc golf leagues are you in? Are you? Oh, it's. I'm in the ones I competitively play in three. And um, and one of them I kind of got drug into. I'm in I'm in one of the uh, like a, a discord of some sort and they were all starting up a league and they had done their league on like just a spreadsheet before. And so this year, this past year was the first year we introduced the draft leagues where you could literally draft a team uh-huh. and that's what you get for the whole season. And that's what they had been doing and then just keeping score that way. And so honestly, some of the some of the tips and scoring and how they did it is really kind of how I based this year's draft functions off of. And so I, because I used them and talked to them, they talked me into joining their league. I was in a, I was in a media league as well, kind of a small private league. And I think I'm in one other one, uh, a redraft league, a weekly redraft league. I'm, I compete in. So I'm only in three leagues, but if you look at my list of leagues, it's very deep because I will tend to create a lot of leagues just to test things out. And then, forget them and don't delete them and never follow up. Or uh, one of the things I like to do in the off season. And I think we did it last year with a couple media guys is uh, mock drafts, just kind of see where people are going and, you know, maybe find a couple experts and sit down and say, who is like the number one pick? Is it going to be, is it going to be Ricky? Is it going to be Gannon Eagle? I mean, we've got all these different options now. Yeah, no, I was I know I waste way too much time in the mock draft lobbies around football and uh, basketball season. It really I mean, it's a great opportunity to like see where to target the players that you want. Mm. So that would be a nifty, nifty option to have that. Actually, that's not a bad idea. I'm going to write that down that maybe we can do some uh, some preseason mock drafts that will just kind of vanish when they're done. Maybe send you the results and then go away. So they're not in your list of leagues. That's a good idea. You might see that next year. I didn't, it wasn't a mock draft, but I saw like Eric McCabe and some of his team had like a skip base, um, skip base draft on YouTube. So that was fun to see, just see some other, did you, do you know any other players that, uh, play skip base? You like draft like that, like to draft themselves. I know Austin Eckler talks about how he loves (laughs) to draft himself in football. (laughs) Um, I, I don't know of many of the pros that are playing right now. Uh, obviously I've worked with Emac at DD for a long time. Great guy. He's the same age. I am he's 44 years old. And they were actually one of the first companies when skip base came back from, from the dead when it was fantasy DG and I let it go. And now it's skip base that I went to, to do sponsorship and they DD was fantastic. And we did a, they kind of did a weekly skip base update for a while back in, I think 2015 or 2016. And, uh, and so, so they've been on board with it for quite a while. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm behind the chain. They've been supporting you for a while. They have been behind the scenes. Like the last couple of years has been a little bit quieter for them, but I mean, as the pandemic and, and their business exploded, I'm sure a lot of things went to the side, but the guy who I used to play a lot with, um, was Brian Schweberger. That guy loves some fantasy. And so Schwebby out on the, on the East coast, he likes to play. And Yuli used to play as well. We used to do a, a Yuli league where he would make picks and you'd have to try to beat him and whatnot. So that was fun back in the day. So those those are the guys that I could see maybe working with in the next upcoming years for some fun so side leagues. Yuli liked the uh, weekly weekly kind of pick leagues. He did. He used to come on the podcast and we would, uh, you know, we we do a, a Yuli pick them and just kind of sit with him and and go over his picks and why he thought they were going to do well at whatever particular event was that week. 
Oh, I love that. I think you uh, inspired a potential idea for the next guest. If I could potentially manage that one, that would be awesome. If, there you uh, go. Yes. But, yeah. Go, go grab go grab one of the pros. There's you know there's a lot of pros out there that are they're always looking to get on a podcast. Snag one of them and do and do a quick little mock draft or a draft with them. It'll be a lot of fun. I could just see them loving drafting themselves in fantasy disc golf and just watching themselves like talk smack beating you on the course and on <laughs> fantasy. I could I could just see that being a big thing. Yeah, Avery Jenkins, Avery Jenkins as well back in the day. He was a big fan of it and he played quite a bit too. And if you follow us on Facebook, um, into the the Skip Ace uh, Fantasy Disc Golf page on on Facebook, Avery Jenkins' photo is our header. He took that photo oh, okay. of, of a basket many, many years ago and he lent it to me and told me I could use it. So shout out to Avery. Dude, nice. A lot of supporters. Uh, I know I already talked, we talked about the season long and uh, I, I, mainly focused on that because I feel like fantasy mainly is like the season long. But I think over the show, I do want to do like the grip six, pick six, and Mm -hmm. also like the weekly. But just to, um, I know in my first show, I touched on grip six and the season long, but wanted to give you an opportunity to touch on some of the other formats that Skip Base offers because I really just touched on the season long. I don't feel like I did it proper justice, but I know you have like the weekly redraft, the survivor, and the event matchup leagues. So just thought I'd give you an opportunity to like elaborate on those a little bit. Yeah, thanks. Um, there, there are like basically four different ways to play Skip Ace right now. Um, the first format that we came out with was the, the, the weekly redraft league where you get certain amount of ratings points. You can create a season long league. It can be anything from all the DGPT events or honestly, it can be anything from like your local state league. You could you could be drafting yourself if you're an MPO player at your local state level. It's wide okay, open nice. as far as what kind of what events you want to put in there. And you can set your own uh, salary cap and its salary cap is based on your rating. Uh, so, you know, a thousand and twenty rated players, a thousand and twenty ratings points. So there's that method to play. And then you just redraft every week with your ratings points. It's kind of like a, the, a DFS league almost, as I think is what a lot of places would call it. So that includes, you said C tiers, B and C tiers? Yeah, any, anything that's a PDGA sanctioned oh, okay. event because it pulls right from the PDGA uh, page. So uh, again, shout out to the PDGA for letting me for a long time now uh, dig into their, their system and be able to really put in any event that's a PDGA registered event. So that's it's pretty cool that you could have, like I said, you're, if you have a local state um, uh, tour, you like Wisconsin has like I think a 16 stop tour over the summer. I could do that and pick all my local Wisconsin guys and set the oh, salary cap fun. at like six thousand or five thousand or something. Yeah, that's cool. That you can get dive real deep into it. Okay. Yep. So that's the deep, and then the second the second format that we really came out with was the Survivor because I I was I've never been a big Survivor. Uh, for fantasy football where you more or less pick you get to pick a team and that team has to win that particular week or you get knocked out and that didn't obviously work with uh, disc golf because you know there's there's a lot less winners every week in disc golf than there are in the NFL so I kind of picked a a number and I said all right that player has to take top 15 if they can take top 15 you move on and if they don't Obviously, you're knocked out of the league. You can keep playing, but your points kind of stop adding up. Um, and so that was the second format that that we set up. And the same thing as the custom league, you can pick any sort of uh, events you want. You can just do a standard DGPT events, or you could do your local and state events. You could do Survivor with just you and your friends. It, there's there's a lot of options there. And that was kind of the second format that we created, because I know a lot of people really like those, you know, live or die by Survivor leagues. 
Yeah, no, I really like that. So do you have to pick like from the same pool of players, I'm guessing from every event? So if you're customizing it, you have to make sure the same pool of players are available. Uh, Kind of. I think what it does is let's say you pick your local state tour and it will look at, you know, whatever event because it checks the PDGA has a PDGA event number. It's that like five or six digit number when you go to the events page at the end of the URL and it will pull the players from that particular event for each time. So if, even if it's a if it's, you know, 30 new MPO players, it will grab those 30 players. And your your only job is to make okay. sure you pick the guy who's in. You just got to get top 15 and you and, can't reuse a pick, though. Correct. Prior you, can't, one. you can't reuse a pick. Yeah. So with a lot of tours, That's like what I was state tours, about the players reusing. Yeah, with a lot of state tours, it's the same, you know, same 20 guys that are going to all these events in, inside the state. Now, obviously, you've got states like California where, you know, you'll get people pop in or out. But Wisconsin, you can look at and I think Minnesota and Michigan and Kansas and those type of states. It's probably the same 10 to 15 MPO players at every event. So you just need to really kind of learn uh, your real local events. Yeah, that's fun. I I feel like that could be fun with the, even just like the main DGPT schedule too. Like, do you want to take, you know, Ricky early in like those Texas events or do you want to save him for maybe Ledgestone or, you know, like just that kind of strategy would be fun too. maybe get like Emerson early in in Texas and you just kind of build that kind of strategy. It is. It's a tough strategy because I personally, my strategy is pick the winners right away. You know, make sure okay. you, I, I always try make to sure get, you're surviving. I'm trying to survive through the first five or six weeks. I always seem to get knocked out. Um, you know, a couple of years ago I was doing one and I picked Yuli at, I think it was the second event. It was the Memorial that year. And he, I think he took like 16th or 17th place and I got knocked out in week two and I was oh. so frustrated because he was my surefire. He was from Arizona. He was the hometown boy. I was yeah. so sure of it. Uh, and that's when I decided, nope. And, and Yuli at the time was like a top 10 player, but I thought I'm just kind of kind of start from the top and work my way down. Pick Paul, pick Ricky, go with Eagle, uh, and Simon. Like, I think you were, <laughs> you were close enough on that one. You can't knock the strategy there. I think you had the right line of thinking. It just didn't, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out for you. I know. And, and, and I, I gave him a hard time about it on the podcast at one night. So that was, that was pretty good. Um, and then the third, uh, the third way to play is, uh, what I call event, uh, like event matchups. That's really just like a one week. If, if you, you know, you can't necessarily get a group of guys together for an entire season, but you want to run a contest. Maybe your local club wants to run, you know, a contest for the upcoming DGPT event. So you can create just a one week event. Everybody can get in and, and you can, you can just play that way. So we used to do that. I actually created that for the DDO. Um, they had reached out to me many years ago and or actually when it was the glass blown open, reached out to me and said, Hey, we'd like to get something with skip base. What can you do for us? And I decided we we're going to create a format that just the people at the, at uh, the glass blown can play. So I restricted it to just people who are there. And there were, you know, at the time there was like 1600 people or 1200 people at that event with all the AMs. So we played that way. And then I thought, well, this is a fun thing to do. If somebody just wants to create a one-off event, maybe they can give away some prizes. Either uh, the, the dream always was that maybe players, some of our top players create one and give away some of their merch or manufacturers will run one. You know, if, if for instance, Dynamic Discs, as I said, wants to run one and say, hey, for the, you know, for the DDO this year, we're going to give away a bag or a basket and all you have to do is enter in this contest 
And that was kind of always the dream. But now I opened it up to everybody. So anybody can create one and play with just their friends. It is honestly a good way to kind of just get your feet wet into fantasy too without a lot of commitment. Yeah. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. Is that the one with the uh, skip ace points? Is that right? Yeah, you can use skip base points as well. That's right now. Skip base points are kind of in limbo as far as what we're doing with them. It was originally an idea where the more you played, the more points you earned. And then you could trade those points in for uh, gift certificates to, you know, different online retailers. And right now it's it's on hold right now for the skip base points. You can still accumulate them. And at some point I'll figure out what I really want to do with them uh, and work on them from there. But uh, skip base points are now right now just kind of. They're just look. They're just sitting out there. They're more rewards points, <laughs> and you, you can't really cash them in yet. But we're still we're still but figuring like, that out. The points in whose line is it anyway? They just yeah, don't exactly. really matter at they this point. They just don't point. really matter. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're nice to look at. I got I know I got ten sitting in my account right now. <laughs> yep, I can I I can give you ten more right here. I'll just divvy them out right here for you. Um, and then the final way to play was the was the the method that we introduced last season, which is the season long draft. You know, where you draft at the beginning of the season and you keep those players throughout the year um, primarily on your team. You can obviously there's a free agency if you want to pick up a player or drop a player, just like standard kind of fantasy sports, football or NBA um, uh, or fantasy baseball, even though I've never played fantasy baseball. But uh, those type of leagues, that was always kind of the end goal for me was to get to a point where I can sit down at the beginning of the season with a bunch of my friends. We can mm-hmm. all go into a draft room, get on like a Zoom call and just make fun of each other because that's what I a do. Fun in, draft day. Just a fun draft day because that's that's yeah. honestly the most that's usually the most fun day of the year for draft is getting together with your buddies I, and, and and just laughing at them when they, you know, when they take a kicker in the 13th round of, of 16 and you're like, why would you do that? Or or they miss, you know, for our instance, it would be like, well, maybe you passed up Simon and you picked somebody else, and we all know Simon's going to have a good season. So getting to be able to talk smack with your buddies is really where I wanted to get with this. And so I feel last, like yeah, it was uh, Risley, AJ Risley. He took Simon this year, and everyone was giving him flack for it in that draft. And uh, he ended up looking like the smart one of the group. Yeah, Simon got what four wins this year. I mean, AJ was four looking pretty. AJ is looking pretty solid. Um, what what I think what hurt everybody this year was Eagle. A lot Eagle went one one or two in a lot of different leagues, and unfortunately had did that. He really, he did. I mean, he was it was it was going to be an Eagle season, and then he gets hurt because he was hurt last year. But a lot of people still jumped on him, just thinking he was going to come back. He played like he ended up kind of going. You know, we all know the Eagle story where he postponed and then ended up winning over in Europe, but. He was uh, he was this year's disappointment, which honestly is is one of the reasons I created one of our new features for this coming season. Okay, okay, uh, let's hear about it. Uh, I created a um, an IR spot, like a regular fantasy, oh. like a regular fantasy uh, website has. So this year, I, we're- talk, I talked about this in one of my episodes. I mean, like disc golf has less injuries than others but still people get injured you know Nathan yeah. Queen Newsome Rathbun Eagle the more these guys play happen. and the longer these courses get the more downtime or injuries are going to happen and I wanted to kind of get ahead of it and so this year I've created an IR spot now it's different because in most leagues teams have to register a player on IR and then they're out for X amount of weeks we don't mm-hmm. have any central control like the PDG doesn't care if Eagle gets hurt or plays um, 
logistics wise, I'm sure they care about him as a person, but logistically it doesn't really matter to them. So the way I created the IR spot for this upcoming season is going to be, if you put a player on IR, it just immediately locks them for three weeks. They stay on your team. They open up a, they open up a, a position on your team, but you can't unlock them for three weeks. So if you decide to put someone there, they're locked, no using them until three weeks when it offers you say, hey, would you like to unlock this player and put them back on your okay. team? And it'll do that. So this way, if we see like a Gavin Rathbun or someone have a shoulder injury or a wrist injury, we can just say, oh, cool. I don't need to drop them. I can put them on my IR spot and I'll pick up somebody else for now. No, I love that because uh, like last year with, I think one of the features you implemented in the middle of the year was like the circle around the players to show their availability for tournaments. And like, I f- there was a couple times I think I l- had someone in my starting roster that ended up didn't play in, but then you had alternates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Would you mind touching on like the alternate process? Sure. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So w- with the pandemic, what happened is we had a lot of players that would sign up for events and then, you know, they necessarily wouldn't show up. And so I had a lot of people asking like, well, that's not, they, they didn't love that if a player didn't show up last minute, and didn't warn anybody, they were out a spot. So mm-hmm. I decided that we were going to implement basically what's defined as an alternate. And again, this is another feature. It's kind of it's kind of tough to, to to use because the way the PDGA and tournament directors recognize no shows. So there's like DNF, and there's you know if a player doesn't show, they sometimes they're just taken off the registration list the night of. If they play one round, then it's a, a a DNF, but sometimes then they're pulled off the registration list as well after round one. So it's really difficult to kind of register what a what a, what a an alternate is. So I just decided, you know what? If your player doesn't finish the event, we will swap them out for another player on your on your uh, basically on your bench. And so if you're in a redraft league, how that works is it grabs a player of equal ratings that you picked. So if you picked, for instance, we'll say Paul Macbeth and he's rated 1050 and, and Ricky is rated 1049 or 1050 and Paul drops out, you then get the next best player on the list. So, so to make it, to make, to make it even, because you don't want to drop Paul Macbeth, but then end up picking up AJ Risley, you know, cause the, right. the, the skill, the skill level just isn't there. <laughs> and I can say that cause AJ and I are, are, are buddies, but yeah. Um, and then with your redraft, or I'm sorry, with your year-long draft leagues, it's a little different because you have a bench, so you already have a team. So the the thought process there is, if a player doesn't show up, if they if they're registered at one point in the day of, they don't show up, or they don't make it through the entire tournament, it will swap that player out for whoever is the lowest finisher on your bench. Because we, the I, I was thinking ahead because I know there's going to be that person that puts the person who's not playing in and then is like, well, I'll just get the best finisher of the two guys that I don't know who to pick. So now we just, oh, uh, yeah, we, yeah, you know, trying to game the system. You have to try That's to think of all these different things. So now they, it'll just grab whoever was the lowest finisher that participated in the event on your bench. If you don't have anyone on your bench that played at that point, then it's on you. You take the negative and you take that. Yeah, you, you take like the last place. You take number, last place. It's a big one. Yeah, it, it yeah, is. I really like it's that. like 150 points or something. And the goal is to get the, the fewest amount of points like golf. Um, and so there is a strategy to be had to maybe say, if you have some guy in your bench that you don't really care about, maybe pick up another player 
that might be playing, even if they're a 990 rated player, just in case one of your guys just doesn't finish. Right. And advice for league managers. I only did a uh, league of 10 people with eight starters. So maybe just even giving yourself more bench slots so that if you do like have two people on your bench that aren't playing as well, you're not getting that. So league manager, I, yeah, league managers, maybe just make sure you guys have enough bench slots available to handle any of those missed events. But I know that came in handy because it is like how you can't predict, you know, if a player is not going to finish and then you just get such a big number that could totally wipe you out that week. So I really liked the alternates like and I think you did implement it in the middle of the year. Um, actually, was, we, we did hit it up at the very beginning the, of the year. That was the circle. The, the circle, yeah. The, so we had a designation after I think it was like the third or fourth week of the season that um, it wasn't, it didn't really affect play, but it helped people when they were looking for free agents during the week. There was a little highlight around the player to let mm-hmm. you know this person is going to be playing in the upcoming event. At least they're registered in the upcoming event. Whether or not they actually play is another thing, but where they're registered. Yeah. And, and that was honestly last year was one of the big, because it was the first year of drafts, it was really difficult to kind of people were asking, well, how many starters should I have? How many bench spots should I have? And I honestly didn't know the right answer because with fantasy football that I'm familiar with, it's easy. You got usually one quarterback, two running backs, two or three wide receivers, a defense, a kicker, you know, tight end maybe or a flex spot. But with with disc golf, we're all the same position. So how do you. You know, how do you pick how many players should be starting versus bench? You kind of have to look at the number of players per event, which is about for MPO, about 120 to 140. Think of how many people are in your league. Do I have 10? Do I have 12? I played in a league this year where we had 20, 20 members and it was, I think, five starters. So, okay, like, yeah, how many? Yeah, you can't have many people. You know, it was it, you were I mean, a lot of times your fourth or fifth guy was like that thousand and ten rated player that you were picking up, hoping, you know, I I. And the funny thing is, of that league, me of all people, I missed the first round of the draft. I showed up late. Uh, I was I was busy doing something else, and so I missed out on all the top guys. And a lot of my players were uh, were actually Europeans. So I did mediocre most of the year until we got to the European swing, where I did really well, and then we came <laughs> back and uh, and it didn't work out so well cool. for me over in in the grand scheme. But you know that's. Uh, that's kind of how you have to play and figuring out the number of bench spots. It, it's different based on how many teams you have, because we do have a limited number of players out there versus other major sports where you have, you know, a couple hundred people to pick from. Right now, basketball, you got 30, 30 teams and then 15, a roster. You're talking 450 players. Usually most draft rankings are looking at the top 150. So like I know in my disc golf draft guide, I got coming for sports ethos later. I'm just trying I'm trying to narrow down the top 100 players and I did a league of 6 people so I like we had 10 so you're really drafting 60 60 players and then starting 8 so well but talking about positions I I I'll say that like you need to be careful about what you start writing because this year the next new feature that we're putting in is we're adding an FPO position into the oh, draft okay. so you're as a as a league commissioner this year, I wanted to, it was the first year I wanted to make sure it got off the ground and I wasn't exactly sure how it would work. So we just had MPO players. Well, this year, we're going to have a new positional spot, which will be FPO. So you can have four MPO starters, two FPO starters, two FPO, and then, oh, and, then and then bench position. So who's the number one pick now? Is it Gannon, Eagle, Kristen Tatar? Kristen, yeah. Okay. You know, I like what you did there. It, it's, it's a little bit different. 
because the FPO division is smaller. So who's more likely to finish at the top every week? I mean, Gannon averaged like, what, 1.83 position or something or or 2.83. Kristen Tatar was at like 1.6 or I, don't, I forget. I'd have to go through uh, the stats and figure that out. But who is going to get you the most points? Where Do you start with Tatar and then go MPO? Does that give an advantage to the guys who are drafting earlier versus in the middle? It adds a little bit more flavor to the draft when now we can we can look at different options. So your number one, number one might not be who you think it is this year. No, yeah, you just uh, you threw a twist in my draft gun. I'm going to have to revisit that. So is, it, is that going to be a league manager setting as well, where they can choose the ratio of male to female players that they'd like in their league? It is, yeah. Uh, when you create, as a commissioner, when you create a league, you'll have the option, a couple new options, obviously. MPO starters, MPO bench, FPO starters, FPO bench. Uh, like I said, IR position. The alternate this year is also going to be optional. So we had some okay. commissioners last year. Last year, I just made it as a default yes. Because in my mind, right away, I was thinking, like, who wouldn't want that? I got a couple emails from some hardcore users that were like, no, if someone doesn't show up, I want that player to be punished. So this year, what's going to be an option for managers to turn it on or off uh, for the alternate position. So that's nice. It's always nice to have options. Yeah. And that's and that's what I kind of learned again last year is just give as many options as we can. Like, don't think that my way is the right way. Make sure that that the commissioner can always make the final decision as to what is. what's right for their league. Yeah. Well, I know you talked a little bit about positions earlier. I want to ask about the idea of like getting into positions with disc manufacturers. Do you ever Mm -hmm. see that being a thing where you like, instead of having quarterback running back, you know, tight end or point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward center, you have Innova prodigy trilogy disc craft, and then like a flex spot with, this mania and and Lone Star, just like all the other ones, and then you can have utility spots because that that's something be, that you could. Wow, I, I honestly have never thought of that. That's a really interesting way to look at it. It would be uh, uh, a little bit difficult to manage, be, just because I would have to manually put in who their manufacturers, who their manufacturer is. But you know that you know that would be probably a, a, a one time, couple hour deal, and then after that, you you know you. You can move on. It would be a little bit difficult for some of the other, uh, for some of the other leagues, but I would have to. But it, it's honestly, it's kind of a fun idea because you're right. You could have. That's how many, my idea for positional scarcity. Like, yeah, when I, yeah, because you see people like reach for players just because like the position gets tight. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're getting Matteo super early. You're like, oh gosh, I really got to fill out my trilogy, or I don't know. But no, I feel like that could be a really fun strategy aspect. I love that idea, honestly. I think that would be a really fun way to play is, is positional by manufacturer. And on top of that, I could find a way to monetize that. If I could go to the manufacturers and be like, hey, you want to oh. be one of the you want to be one of the primary guys? Come on, show me a little cash. And and we could we could work something out because we have so many manufacturers these days. I mean, just re- recently, what I mean, Lone Star has been making a splash with some of their picks. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, you've got Clash and you know, uh, prodigy and DD. And there's, there's so many manufacturers Westside, obviously part of the DD family, but I, th- I like that idea. I think that might be something I'm going to put in my notes to, uh, to kind of keep nice. an eye on. I'm, I'm glad I could inspire that. Cause I, uh, I had thought of that in one of my initial like episodes. Like, I just feel like that's the best way you could ever replicate like the position 
idea. And obviously, like some of them are have smaller teams. So I don't know if you could do them individually, like you might have to mix it to that flex spot. Whereas like Innova and Discraft and like luckily Trilogy, you could mix together. They could be like the big ones. Mm-hmm. big positions yeah no that would make and sense then, to have like a flex position because then your clash could be the flex exactly or, you, you, or flex could stars. just be like any position like oh guess what I, flex could be innova or clash or right discraft you could just literally make it a true flex there is a, a a secret feature that nobody that i haven't opened up yet in the draft leagues for a flex position um in general okay. that you could put mpo or fpo the problem is i i haven't worked out the how it would work exactly with point scoring yet because with fpo there's such a smaller field that even if you pick the 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 bottom fpo finisher they're only going to get you like 40 points and so it would always make sense to put them in there versus a flex you know flexing in an mpo position which in general could get you down to you know 130 points um and so that's i I haven't opened up it's it's programmed in there because i thought about that Uh a year or so ago and I just need to figure it out. I think once we have a few more options for scoring, I'm going to open that up so that commissioners can can have that. So you can have MPO, FPO, or Flex, and then you could put an yeah. MPO or FPO in there any particular week. So it's it's hiding in there. It's just not available to the users yet. Okay, okay, it's hiding now. And, and talking about, I guess, uh, options for scoring. What do you think about strokes versus total place? So, like, I know, like right now the like you get a point for whatever place they finish. What are your thoughts about it uh, doing like total strokes so that if first place finishes five strokes ahead of second, you're getting more of a, a score separation? Um, I haven't put too much thought into the into the statistics of that. Um, I I don't I don't know why it couldn't work. Um, as far as you know, it's it's not much different than you know one of the big uh, discussion points with the way the scoring is now because the way draft league is right now is you just it's one obviously for first place you get one point second place you get two Mm -hmm. points the the hard part is people a lot of people feel that if you if you have one of the top players you should be rewarded more than maybe one of the bottom players um and right now it's a pretty uh linear scale so i'm actually working and i don't know if it's going to be available by the end of uh by the end of the off season but it is in works is to kind of is to flip it and have a scoring based on um, similar to how the redraft leagues are, where it's more of a, a sliding scale. So it, instead of getting the, the lowest points, we score it as the most points. So first place, we'd get 250 points. Second place, we'd get 225. Third place, we'd get 215. And kind of mm-hmm. give a little bit more bonus to the to the better finishers. Kind of like so, the pro tour points system w- almost. almost Almost identical to the Pro Tour points. Yeah, okay. Honestly. I looked at I looked okay. at the Pro Tour <laughs> point system, so it would be very similar to that. Um, and to have that as an option for commissioner. So if you say no, I don't really want to play with the linear scoring. I don't love that way of scoring. Uh, give the commissioner the option to say, let's try this other method of scoring. Uh, let's try the let's try this more sliding scale, so that our better finishers finish better, and our middle finishers kind of kind of get you just a few points. And if you have, if you start someone who finishes almost dead last then you're penalized points or something because we've all had, we've all been playing fantasy football and you've had that, that running back that gets a fumble in the first quarter and hurt and you get negative 0.5 points for him that, and then he goes out of the game and you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to literally lose points for this guy. And I think that's something that I would like to at some point implement. So I'm hoping it's done by the end of the off season as the, uh, the second roundup, the second 
set of updates in this offseason. Um, the other big, uh, kind of the last big update that I'm going to be working on, or that's kind of already done, it just has to be released, is different tours. So right now, when you do a draft, the only tour you can pick is the DGPT. So you get all right. the DGPT events other than the MVP open for playoffs because they restrict the size of that to the number of players and all the majors. And silver series. Yeah, no silver series, though. Not yet, but that's what oh, okay. this but that's what this will be. So hopefully a commissioner will be able to um next year a commissioner will be able to pick what tour do they want. Do they want the DGBT? Do they want the DGBT and Silver Series? Oh my gosh. Do they want the Euro nice. Tour? Do they want the 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 EPT, which is the European Pro Tour? Right. Uh, because I had some people overseas that reached out and they're like, I love it. We love following the DGPT. But it would be really fun if we could do our local, like our local big tour. And I know the guys that do the live broadcasting over there, they use UDISC over there as well for them. And so I'm going to talk with them a little bit, but it's already programmed in it. I just have to load in the events now. And so when you're as a commissioner, you'll be able to pick. I want my draft to be the the European Pro Tour. And then you will have to go through and find, you know, do, do you want Vino Makala as your number one pick? Do you want Linus Carlson? Then, because they're going to have a problem of having to think, well, are my guys going to go over to the U.S. and play? Who is, you know, is who's the best FPL oh, player wow. over in Europe? So they can have their fun with their people. Just like when we talked about having like just a state tour, we're going to be able to set that up so it can be a set European tour, a set U.S. tour if they want. And then, They'll will include the appropriate majors like for the European tour will be the European Open for the DGBT will probably include all of them um, other than probably USDGC because that one's always strange with the fact that they separate MPO in one tournament and FPO in another tournament. It's a little convoluted because I can't the way the PDGA data works. I can't pull the data in from both of them and combine them. It just it's really it gets really confusing. So I usually use leave USDGC off of the the tour but all the other majors we include champions cup european and worlds of course so i'm excited to be able to offer more features for our people overseas that want to participate as well but don't necessarily want to do a pro tour or if you're really getting feeling lucky somebody over here that maybe is a big fan of the european pro tour um i haven't met that person yet but maybe they exist and they and they want to start a european pro tour league we'll see no, that would be fun. I'm trying to keep up. What, there's like seven events in the European Pro Tour. I would like to keep up with it more. And like with the PCS Sula, oh my gosh, that course mm-hmm. was gorgeous. Uh, and that's might, a major yeah. I might be there. That, yeah, that's a silver event on the DGPT. I think it's an Elite Series. I is think it it's did, Elite now. This, this year, I think did, it's an Elite Series. Did they year. bump it up to Elite? Oh, geez, wow. Yeah, yeah, Elite. And I then I think so. European is, a, is, the, uh, is the major. So, and... Uh, Dude, uh, I, I need to talk to the disc golf pro tour the dgn because right now i think they have me scheduled to do some behind the scenes stuff for those events but i think i'm going to try to get overseas this year with my family and hit one of those events kind of do a vacation with them yeah and then the weekend be like okay fam i'm gonna go check out uh i'm gonna go check out the <laughs> european the european open um so I, I might be having to bounce out for them on that. But. You're going to keep uh, life busy for me over here on the analysis. I, I got to work on my pronunciations. Definitely. Uh, we, all, the we, <laughs> we all do. That's for sure. Because it's man, it, it can be difficult. But yeah, that's it, it. My goal, obviously, is to give as many people as many options as we can give them. And I want I want everyone to be included if I can. You know, if for us, if you want to host a, a league that's just DGPT events, great. 
If you want to get really fun and try Silver Series only, cool. Or how about a combined DGBT and Silver Series? You know, I want to give everybody an option because that was one of the the discussions this year. Is people are like, "Oh, how come you didn't include the Silver Series?" And my my thought at the time was like, "Well, they're kind of minor league events. There weren't going to be a lot of pros playing at them. The benches right. would have to be deeper." But we found this year that they still had a pretty good turnout for top pros. And so this, the only Silver Series events that won't be included are the ones that are already done. The ones that, the wraparound ones that finished up at the end of, you know, the last month mm-hmm. or so. Because I'm kind of counting January 1st as the start of the season. And those will count, but all the ones will be going forward with those Silver Series events. So you're going to yeah, have the option for Silver Series this year. That's fantastic. I love just, yeah, more options. That's what we want, especially if you're a league manager, to have some flexibility. Uh, I, I know we talked a little bit about like um, kind of like the PDGA live stats and like the UDISC and like how you wanted, like would like to get some of the C1X and C2 stats in there. Because one, uh, like I come from, you know, fantasy basketball, they do like a category league where you're doing a matchup every week for nine categories. So you have like your points, rebounds, assists, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, turnovers, and then steals, blocks, threes. So one of the ideas I had with fantasy disc golf was kind of like a category league where you kind of have your total score, your C1, C2, you know, your fairway hits, um, OB scramble, like kind of maybe get to a category league. But I think just kind of talking with you early about like with the U-Disc. Yeah, we talked right before we started recording um, about just kind of what are what the options are for scoring. And obviously every year the big request like the number one request is um detailed or more granular scoring you know i'm and that's obviously my dream as well being able to live watch my score go up as paul mcbeth drains a a circle two putt and you know oh that's you know that's worth seven points or whatever we make that and oh my god so and so went out of bounds i lost two points on my team i think that will be that's in the future but right now the unfortunate part uh, for us is that UDISC is the only one that has those stats. And right now they are not, they don't have a, a good way to open that up uh, for me to access yet. It's something I've talked to them for many years about. And for the longest time, you know, it was just those two guys. It was Matt and Josh running UDISC and they didn't have the capability or capacity. I don't say capability. They didn't have the capacity to take care of that. Well, they're getting to be a pretty big company now. And uh, I keep, I keep pestering them about opening that up for me. Cause I think that could be, that could be a lot of fun. And I, that's truly what the end goal is. I want to be able to offer things like, like a whole league just for categories. Like you do, you do that or detailed scoring, like I said, so we can have commissioners pick, well, how much do I want to penalize for people for out of bounds? How much do I want to give people for birdies? How about three birdies in a row? Do we get a bonus for that? How about, you know, do you finish above or below your rating? That should be a bonus points, you know, first place, you know, top 10 should get a bonus two or three points or whatever. Um, I am working with the PDGA right now because a lot of the data I pull is directly from them and their API. So I'm working with them and asking them, hey, if I can't get this data from UDISC right now, how about I work with you and maybe you open up some of their live scoring data? Because that's honestly, UDISC would be great and I love those guys, but the PDGA is where it really where I would love to get all that data from because they have access to every event that's ever run. Because everybody now, when you run an event or play an event, it's all PDGA live scoring. You can follow any event live in the whole country that's running. 
So if they can get some of that detailed scoring, that's great. But even if they don't get really granular, because right now it's really just score, we can still kind of play off of that. So we can do things like how many birdies did they get? How many bogeys did they get? You know, a consecutive streak. Can we do, as I said, above or below your rating and placement? So those are things I could do with just the PDGA data. Again, the dream is the UDISC data with all of the really yeah. detailed scoring. And then you're really going to start seeing people watching live, live disc golf very closely. Like, oh, no, I saw Drew Gibson. His foot was on the line. That's not a circle two putt. You should take that. <laughs> I just, I'm going to start getting those complaints. Outrage. <laughs> he yeah, got six no. points instead of four for that putt. And I, I can tell right away now we're going to start. I'm going to start hearing about that. But it's going to be a lot of fun. At some point, I'm hoping in the next I keep saying hopefully next year or two, but I've been saying that for two or three years now that I can get access to that data that they can start kind of open up their platform and, and work with it. So I'm, I'm hoping at some point we'll be able to get there. Yeah. sounds like we need maybe an uprising from fantasy disc golf fans, maybe bug the uh, fellows over at UDIS to let you have access to that information. I agree. <laughs> I'm, just they, I'm not because they do. I mean, they do the live uprising. scoring for the EPT and um, the European Pro Tour. They do all the live scoring for DGPT and Silver Series and Majors. You know, those guys are great, and they do a lot of they do a lot of great work, and they work really hard. So I, I would really, would really like it. And I'm, they're about due for another email, Matt and Josh at UDISC. Yeah. So if if you happen to see them or you're friends with them on social media, maybe just poke them a little bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, let's. I was gonna get to talk about a little bit about like just sleepers. Um. Like I know that, so yeah, you are adding like a lot of the different tours and stuff. Like I know there's like a lot with like the junior amateur world champions. And then like, I know you just had Eric McCabe talking about like college disc golf's evolution. Um, I guess, how do you, uh, I mean, you're kind of in the disc golf media more. How do you like look for sleepers, you know, when you're getting ready for draft day? (laughs) That's tough. I mean, sleepers are. You know, your sleeper is probably designated as like your 10, 15 to 10, 20 rated player, 10, 25, maybe that you think is going to kind of make that move do better than what you are. Or what you want to do is look for a player who only had one or two big events last year and maybe didn't play the whole tour. Those are going to kind of be our sleepers. I think it's not necessarily the unknown player or the the guy who's just, you know, a, a rookie because we don't see a lot of quote unquote rookies in disc golf this year. I feel like we had. Alden Harris, I think he would have been a good sleeper. Um, I don't think Gannon. I got Burr him was, off waivers yeah, exactly. in the middle of the year, I, and he I, ended yeah. up helping me win my league. Isaac Robinson as well. You know, I know those guys kind of go hand in hand as we talked about them last night on the podcast, the Smashbox TV podcast. But, you know, Isaac was a guy who wasn't touring very much. And so he was a guy I picked up off of waivers. Like, I knew he was coming on to tour, so I think I picked him up two weeks early and just held him on my bench. And he helped me out quite a bit. So I think what we need to do is kind of look for that. Look for your players that are that really kind of last year only played a couple events. And I know with uh, Stat Manual, you can do a sorting on how many events they played and see if there's going to be that guy that is waiting to to you know to get done with school. That and yeah. Anthony Barella is not a sleeper, but he would be that type where you know he's not going to get on tour until May or June, so he's going to fall in your in your draft. Um, other than that, maybe just kind of keep an eye on your top finishers at Amnats and Junior Worlds. Your junior under 16, your junior under 18, and the Amnats. Those are the guys that you maybe want to kind of store on your bench just for okay. uh, just for safety. Because those are the ones that any given week, they're going to pop off with you know a couple 10, 30, 10, 40 rated rounds. 
and and get you those points that you need to 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 win that particular week okay i did have uh one like speaking of like two events like we're just watching the pcs um or oivind yarnis i think that's how you say his name he i think he had just done a, a video with like the christopher Hivju um yep. dude from game of thrones yeah and i think he said he's going to be in the states next year so that's, that's he's good a info. guy I, I had a he was a sleeper pick I have for next year. So just uh, I was going to give a sleeper pick. He was mine. I was going to see if you had a sleeper pick maybe off the top of your head for. I think, you know, you might be able to look at like a Nathan Queen this year who obviously was hurt. And so he kind mm-hmm. of fell off the radar. His his stock is probably going to drop a lot in drafts. I think last year he was probably drafted a little higher than because he had just come off the DGPT win. And so he might get that comeback player. Um, so he could kind of be a sleeper. We have, we have to think about as well. We have to think about FPO sleepers. I mean, yeah. your you know your players like your Aria Castoridas, who I think she won am uh, junior under sixteen for uh, for women last year, and she toured a little bit this year and kind of finished around twentieth or twenty fifth, maybe right around there. A lot of events, but she could be a sleeper because I think she's a solid player that uh, that is going to surprise some people this year. Uh, uh, she needs a little bit of distance. And she'll be set because she's a great putter. So we need okay. to start, you know, we need to think about sleepers on both sides of the sport or on both sides of the uh, divisions these days. I know I personally need to do more FPO following for sure. I do. I did a lot of the MPO following, just getting ready for the draft. And I think like you adding it in there this year will definitely help with um, like, let's say like the grip six picks too. Cause you know, they have the MPO FPO field. Yeah, so. the grip, grip six is fun because obviously I don't think there's any sort of salary cap. You just pick the top finishers yep. and, and and whoever whoever gets it gets it. And uh, it obviously a little bit different than what I've thought about implementing a, a kind of style like that in skip base, but it didn't it hasn't yet felt uh, I haven't found a reason to yet because unless I'm going to be giving away a weekly prize like they do and they're super generous that way, um, they're they're It's kind of like that one off event that doesn't really it doesn't combine and add to anything um but i'm excited for next year for skip base because one of the the the, there's there's two other features there's one minor real minor feature with the draft room that we're going to be releasing that last year you could just like any other draft you can pick favorites so if if you can list all your favorites that you want and then if you happen to get stuck in auto draft it will go according to those favorites or if you your queue exactly yeah well, this this year i'm implementing kind of a, a i don't say I'm an unfavorite or a dislike a thumbs down because there are a few the do players, not draft list the do not draft what list. i think they would call it is they are the guys to avoid yep and that's what and that's what i'm implementing this year because as much as these some of these guys are great uh manabu out of japan he's a 1040 rated player he's like the fifth or sixth highest rated player in the world but he doesn't play very often he only plays in japan he comes over for like one or two events a year and then flies back. He just doesn't tour. Um, uh, Daryl Nodland, who is a phenomenal player, but he has a full-time position. I think he's in Illinois or somewhere around there. Um, you know, he's way up on that list because what we do is we pull the top, I think, 100 or 250 MPL players. And I think we're going to end up pulling rating. You know, by PDGA rating. And so you've got some local guys who are really good, but they're not touring. Right. So most people don't want to most people don't want to pick them. So when you sign up for a league, the first thing you can do is kind of go through that list and, and be like, okay, here's like the six players that I know I don't want to draft in the off chance that I miss, you know, my draft, or I can just look at my favorites queue or something like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. 
And then the other thing that uh, is a little bit bigger, talking about pro giving away prizes, SkipBase offers what, uh, it, it's a premium service. It's a $10 for the entire year. So, and it's an individual player. So if you want to sign up to be a premium member, you can do that. And what you get with that is a few extra statistics that you don't get anywhere else. So not only do you get to see rostered percentage, starting percentage in mm -hmm. amongst all leagues, not just your league, obviously, because that wouldn't make much sense. There's only for draft leagues. There's only one guy. Um, but for redraft leagues, you get this as well. So you can see how many people have picked Paul McBeth because part of DFS and daily fantasy stuff is trying to find, like we said, the sleeper, the guy that most people aren't picking that that you want to grab so that you can get those points that nobody else does. Well, when you're a premium subscriber, you get those stats. But then as well this year, we're also going to be doing a weekly giveaway with different manufacturers. I've already got, I think, six or seven different manufacturers and or stores lined up. Uh, and each of those prizes will be anywhere from $50 to $100 a week. So you'll enter in one of the, the weekly event with everybody else. And it's just kind of a, a one week. It's not going to be cumulative. Just you play for the Austin Open. You're, you're a premium member. You can play against all the other premium members. And the winner is going to get a $100 gift certificate to, we'll just say, like Clash Discs or maybe Lone Star Discs. And you can grab a starter pack or maybe you love some of their glow plastic and you can go to their online store. Um, so I'm really excited to work with a bunch of different manufacturers this year to uh, to work with them and be able to give out some of their prizes, be able to reward some of the premium members for Skip Ace and 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 move in a a more productive direction. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I'm sure it's well worth it. I got you know paid for the season long league and I was an absolutely happy customer. So I'm sure the premium membership is going to be worth every penny. Yeah. And, we, so is it? Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say like the contests with these manufacturers prize packs, are these gonna be just like certain limited weekly it's, matchups? You said seven so far. Is it just gonna be seven events or No, is it... some of them are signed up for multiple weeks. Um okay. I, I just I literally spoke with Lone Star Disc today and those guys are awesome because today it was announced that they are sponsoring the Austin Open out down in Texas. So I'm Yeah, gonna, not the Belton anymore. Not the Belton anymore. We got the Austin yeah. Open. Um and so they are, they want to kind of be associated with that week. So the whole week is going to be about Lone Star. So they're going to give that's a, like a hundred dollar gift certificate there that they're going to be giving away. So as a premium member, you'll have access to this exclusive uh, competition or contest that's just going to go for that week. And so you'll be able to, you know, you'll be able to make your picks based on a salary cap and say, you know, it'll probably be like six or six thousand and fifty salary points. And whoever gets the best score will get that hundred dollar gift certificate. Nice. Get and, that and, gift certificate just in time for Nico to make it back on tour. That's right. Exactly. Just in time yeah. for Nico. So, and we're going to be doing that every single DGPT and major event. So that's going to be, be 17 events. And uh, so, I'm, like I said, I've already lined up at least six or seven sponsors. Most of them are going to be doing it at least two weeks. Um, and then I just need to find a few more. Johnny V, you're on top of it. You, this is only your second year doing the season long. You're already making huge improvements. You got Smashbox going on. So, I mean, great news for fantasy disc golf fans. That's great. And uh, I know trades aren't immediately on the horizon, but yeah, I know that's something that you talked about wanting to look at in the future as well. It is. Um, trades are obviously difficult because I wanted to make sure to get all the different positions in there first before we worked on trades. Um, and, and trades can be a little bit difficult in that there's so many different ways to trade. You can do a one-to-one -one trade. You can do a one to two, a one to three, a three to one. Um, and then you have to worry about positional players. 
now with FPO and MPO? Do I want to trade one MPO for an FPO and an MPO? Oh, wow. And so there's a lot of things to think about there. And then inevitably, I think I want to have an option for, you know, fair trade, so to speak. So do we do we look at commissioner approved or league approved mm-hmm. trade? So trades are actually one of the most complicated things. I didn't think it would be because my original thought was, oh, how hard can it be to say I want him for him? When you start breaking down all the different things that need to be part of it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And you're like, wow, there's a lot of features here that I, I really need to make sure I get right on the first time. So kind of right now, I just tell people, if you want to make a trade, make a gentleman's agreement that you both drop the player and you both That's pick what up. we did. And you both pick up the player as because, the oh, I forgot one of the other big features. I almost forgot about this. I'll get to that in a okay, second. OK, cool. But but. Uh, it might affect it might affect those gentlemen trades, but that's kind of how I said. Just make sure you do a gentleman agreement. I'm going to drop him. I'm going to drop him, and then you pick up each other's player. Um, I forgot that, that you'd they- like to you'd like to do that. But yeah, I, as someone who's had a fantasy football league fizzle out due to collusion, sometimes those gentleman agreements don't always work out. So I think like the league of manager approval is definitely going to have like a veto. Exactly. option is definitely going to have to be in there but anyway don't want to stop you from your train oh, of thought on the next oh, no no that's feature. great you said collusion and i immediately thought of the tv series the league and uh and rucks do you, you ever watch the league it's such a great i have it's been a while but me too but all i think is collusion my, my buddies and i in our fantasy football league whenever there's a trade it doesn't matter if it's a good trade or a bad trade there's memes going back and forth but <laughs> but this year waivers we're doing waiver wire so we've added a waiver wire in because one of the complaints was that Whoever seemed to get up first thing Monday morning got guilty, guilty, That's got, me. got the player. And and to me, I was kind of like, well, you know, early bird gets the worm. But I did have some people that said, you know, I would really like it if we could kind of do a waiver. And so we are implementing a um, a waiver system into Skip Ace this year. And it's not just like a, a wait until Tuesday and make a claim. We're going to do a couple different options for the commissioners. We're going to do you're going to have an option of three different ways to do waivers. We'll do like a free for all. Come first thing Tuesday morning, we're going to have an auction-based waiver so that you can bid on your free free agents. So if you like want to bid, agent budget system exactly, you'll have, have a free like, agent budget, and then we'll do okay. uh, record-based as well. Because some people like, hey, this person has the worst record. I think they should have priority over everybody else. Um, oh yeah, no, and we're also doing rolling waivers so that you can keep yeah, your waiver. I think position. like the rolling waiver priority. So if you don't put a yep. claim in, you can maintain that priority. <laughs> You keep your first pick exactly. So, yeah. so it's actually four. I think we're doing four different methods wow. of waiver. I like you. I think you got them all. Like, yeah, I, I believe those are the, the four. And uh, and so th- this is the first dipping my toe into auction based leagues. I've done it personally with fantasy football, but I know uh-huh. there's a lot of people that really want to do auction based drafting. And trust me, it's already been talked about. This will kind of be our first dip into auction based stuff. It's the easiest one to do because it's it's not live and it's really just making bids and picking whoever's going to get it. So I'm I'm really excited for to be able to kind of introduce free agency and waiver wire for this. And so is auction. Sorry, is that this year or is that it next? Is, um, auction is this year. Auction for for waiver wire is this year. Uh, auction for drafting. I'm hoping for next year for 2024. Okay. Um, we want to make sure. Baby steps. We want to make sure we get this uh, this auctioning version done. Make sure that everything is all set with the features that we build this year, and then probably come. Usually, it's about July that I that we start looking at new features for the upcoming season. So probably June or July ish this year, we'll start building out the new draft room that will hopefully give us an option for 
uh, auction-based drafting. And that's really, that's a lot of fun. I'm in one or two auction leagues for fantasy football and it, it, it gets really, it gets really fun. <laughs> yeah. Especially when like you have the home, like the guys that everybody wants, especially if like you're playing with your hometown, like friends, you guys are all targeting, like I'm a KC guy. So everyone's always targeting like Mahomes and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So it's always like, you got to know your league. You got to know how much you're willing to shell out for the guys that you really want. That's, exactly. Yeah, that'll be a really fun element. Yeah, I mean, imagine being able to have you know two hundred dollar budget, and then how much does a Paul or Ricky go for? I, I don't even, I haven't even made the the thought based on how many positions you have, and you know, is that a are they a you know it it creates a whole nother level for your draft, you know, for you and your in your draft book you're going to create. In that, is, is that a fifty dollar player? Is that an eighty dollar player? I don't know the right answer because we haven't, no one's really ever done it before. So yeah. it'll be really interesting to see what these what some of these guys go for versus, you know, what does a 1050 rated rated player go for versus a 1030 rated player? You know, what what is the level that you're going to have to auction at? And so I'm really excited for 2020. We haven't even done 2023 and I'm already excited for 2024 knowing that that's going to be a, the the next big feature that's going to come out. Yeah, no, that is going to add a different element cuz I'm trying to yeah, figure out like total values for just the system that we have now for mm-hmm. cuz really your like per game value is going to be like your average finish and then your total is going to you know have to include whatever re- waiver replacement for like eagle, you know, all the events mm-hmm. he missed. So yeah, that per game versus total value, that's going to be a lot different with the auction, you know, like how much are you re- really willing to shell out? Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. So yeah, you already got a lot on the horizon trades, uh, auction, and then the free age budget. What is the waiver period? Is it going to be like a one day? Because I know football is usually yeah. You know, waivers in football usually run like depending on the 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 site you're on. They usually run either Wednesday night or Thursday, or I'm sorry, Tuesday night. You know, let's uh-huh. say midnight or whatever, or or Wednesday night because the NFL obviously they never have a Wednesday start. They always have Thursday night game, Sunday, and when, the, when we get later in the season, they'll be Saturday. I hope Ramondre is doing good right now. What was that? I need him. I hope, I hope Ramondre is doing good right now. I need him. Oh, is he? Oh, uh, well, it's only Wednesday. It's only Wednesday. <laughs> is it not Thursday? Oh my gosh, I'm all mixed up. Sorry, <laughs> Tomorrow, Johnny. you better hope he's doing well. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. But you, you, drafted, you drafted a Patriot though. So, I mean, he's, he's the only one that's, I think, val- valuable on that team. <laughs> I do have Aaron uh, Jones. Are you a Packers guy? Of course. Of course. A Packers fan, born and bred. I I grew up about uh, about half hour from Lambeau Field, just outside of Green Bay, another city. So, I mean, I've I've been to quite a few Packer games. Of course, I'm a big Aaron Jones fan. But uh, what were were we talking about? We were talking about... Oh no! Starting when waivers. We were talking about when do when do waivers start? Waivers. Start. Thank you. So, oh no, that's, it took me a second. I was like, why were we talking about that? All right, perfect. So yeah, so waivers are going to to go off on. Um, basically Monday at like one or I'm sorry, Tuesday at 1 a.m. It would be or Monday, late, late, late Monday night, because with the NFL, obviously we you have a set standard of start times with the PDGA. We've got worlds that traditionally has started on Tuesday, um, but this year I think is going to start on Wednesday. I think finally they're, they're going to kind of settle into a Wednesday. USDGC always started Wednesday, but now it's going to start Thursday. Um, so I had to kind of try to think of what I want to do as far as. I have to think of the earliest available time. And of course, the most important event of the season, which is Worlds, starts the soonest. So for uh-huh. me, Worlds will start on Wednesday. If waivers run, we'll say Monday at midnight, then that gives everybody one day after Sunday, after the event runs up, to look at your waiver wire, be able to pick, 
okay, I want to claim this person. I want to claim this person. And then Tuesday morning, you can wake up and look at who you got, who's going to be in your starting lineup and who you're going to bench this week. And from there, uh, Wednesday worlds will start, but most events are going to start Thursday, but Wednesday is the one worlds event. And I didn't want to, wanted to make sure we took that into account. What about waivers for like, let's say you do pick up that person and the player you dropped, will they be immediately available for another player to pick up or will they, they have will to be. wait? Cause like in fantasy basketball, I think if someone drops a player, you have to wait like two days before you could pick up that player. So I didn't know how that worked. If there was immediate availability after dropping. Right now, it's going to be immediate availability. Once you drop a player, and assuming it's not, obviously, the, the, an event hasn't locked and started, um, that player will just be available for anybody to pick up. Because if you wait two, if you wait two days, I mean, there, I'm sure there's some strategy as to you know, when you want to pick up a free agent and drop somebody so that nobody else can grab him, and maybe you yeah. have a chance at grabbing him next year. Uh, and that might be something we can look at. But for now, we're going to stick with what we have this year, which is once they're dropped, they are immediately available for any other player to pick up. It also helps out with the gentleman trades that we were talking about. So until yeah, we can get a true, until we can get a, a true trading feature in there, we kind of have to be, it has to be open for everybody to be able to pick up and drop when we need to. Yeah. Cause you don't want it to be sitting there for a day and then everyone gets the idea of what you're doing. You two are probably sitting there at like three in the morning. So no one else sees what you're doing. <laughs> drop them. You're like, all right, I'm going to drop. You know him you pick him up i'll yep. pick up your player i do like the waiver because i did that with alden like uh i couldn't rem- i couldn't remember what after what event i picked him up but i woke up super early and took him and he ended up leading me the way the rest of the year so i think having that waiver will make it a little bit more fair yeah it'll just give everybody that that one chance to maybe take a deep breath on monday get do like i do you get to the office you do the first 10 minutes of work you have to do. And then you look at your fantasy football lineup or your fantasy disc golf lineup and you and you pick who you need to. And you spend the next half hour doing research as far as, you know, who's his backup, who needs who's going to be starting is, you know, is Clyde Edwards Alaire going to be the starter or is it going to be Pacheco or whoever, you know, is on Kansas City right now for their running. Back? I think our I think our work days are reversed a little bit. I usually start <laughs> with that before I get to the 10 minutes of work. <laughs> uh, usually I, tr- I try to get the, the first things done. Uh, I do. I'm an IT manager, but you. I do need to kind of do a little bit of help desk stuff as on occasion. And that's the busiest time for me is the morning. So if I get that taken care of, I know I've got all the time in the world then to, to really the not, not be stressed out and think about what's waiting for me. So, but yeah, that's, uh, I yeah. Mean, that's what we want. We want, we want to give everybody an equal opportunity to be able to kind of, to pick and choose. And it, you know what, if you, if you didn't look at your lineup on, on Monday and waivers run Monday night, then that's on you. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to live with it. Yeah. So those are the big, um, improvements. Do you have any like big ideas, I guess, like big ideas, um, that you haven't touched on for maybe not like the next year or two, but five, 10 years down the road, what you'd like skip base to become? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I think there's, there's a, the, the other thing a lot of people ask for is a dedicated app, uh, an iPhone app, an Android app. I definitely want to get there. Um, I do want to, I, I want to finish building out a majority of the big feature set. If I'm lucky, um, I'm hopefully going to start really looking at that probably come 2024. Uh, apps are expensive yeah. if you do, if you do them right. I mean, you can, you mm-hmm. can kind of get away with some cheap apps and, and they only cost you a couple thousand dollars, but hopefully we can, we can make it so it's, it's done right the first time. And there's not, it's not flaky and it works out just as well as the website works out. Um, so that's kind of one of the big long-term features. And then the other one, obviously, and I think it's kind of a natural is hopefully at some point integrate into like a true 
DFS solution where people, if they want to create a league, you know, or we have set standard leagues, like a dollar, you can pay a dollar and you can join a hundred or 150 other people. And we pay out the top third or the top half and, or a $5 league. Or if we want to get like, you know, big time, if you want a hundred dollar league, if you really want to, you know, do that. And then, but that's obviously, I've talked about this on the podcast a little bit. That's, that's really difficult because there's a lot of legalities there. If, if anyone that has ever seen, I think like you had said, a DraftKings commercial, yeah. you can, you can hear the last 30 seconds are, are them under their breath saying not valid in these States. And please, <laughs> you know, don't, don't gamble more than what you can afford to lose. And you know, if you have a gambling problem, dial 1-800 websites. Exactly. Yeah. And those are all, that's all legalities that I'm going to have to at some point think about, which means I'm going to probably have to find some lawyer that's going to help walk me through about a lot of this stuff. Will it be worth it? I don't know. Right now, you know, there are other. There's another website called Prize Picks where you can do uh, disc golf gambling. They they had they set lines for each player, and then you have to run like a basically a parlay. You have to do like two or three or four different players and make sure you hit them all, and you get a you get a bunch you get you can get money for that. Um, but they're they're they are a much bigger also. They do every other sport as well. I would be really dedicated to just disc golf. So I think that is hopefully in the future. Um, again, that comes with a lot of liabilities because now you're holding people's money. You have to find a way to make mm-hmm. sure to pay people out. Um, I, I've been around the sport long enough where I feel like, you know, like I said, I started the website in 2003. I've been doing this. I'm a, I'm a very public figure. So I don't think there's so much of a trust issue with people, you know, doing that. But I want to make sure everything's on the up and up before I kind of dive into that. And right now I'm having so much fun. For the most part, the website is free. Again, there's the premium option, or if you want to create a custom draft league. And, and again, I think I, I charge $10 for a season for a draft league. It's one time. The commissioner pays it, um, and then every player can come in and play for free. It's just an initial setup fee because I work with the PDGA, and we use their data, and there's going to be a little bit of back and forth with me and them as far as using their data and how much that's going to cost. So that's why we charge the $10 just to do the league uh, in general. But I mean, I think $10 for an entire season isn't too much. Totally to worth right it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's totally worth it. I I've had such a fun time with the seasonally. I don't think like the, the daily fantasy would be a nice addition, but I think what you're doing right now is, is honestly great. with just like the season long, the weekly redrafts. So, but that, yeah, and- good future development. But I think what you're doing right now is fantastic. And when we get into more of a granular scoring, when I do have access to maybe the UDISC or, or the detailed PDGA stuff, I'd like to have almost like a, a true daily league, like round one. You, you want to play for just round one? Cool. We're going to do a round one league and we're going to do a round two league. And if you can get in every day and play if you want, or you can do a, a combined a weekend long. Because right now when you run an event, it's for the whole weekend. But I want to be able to break it down. So if if you want to do... Just uh, hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna play for round one. I think you know I'm it's gonna be super windy. This. It's super windy today, exactly. So it's gonna yeah. be a one-off kind of thing. And I you know mm-hmm. I'm gonna put all my money on you know on Ricky Wysocki because he can throw the power Heiser bombs. And so being able to really get granular when we can break it down by days, I think could be a lot of fun too. Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, especially when you add like those different weather conditions and things like that, where it could fluctuate round to round instead of really just looking at it tournament by tournament. And of course, live scoring is obviously always in the uh, the things. Right now, for the most part, everything gets pulled from the PDGA. I have to wait for the tournament director to update that at the end of the night. They submit a report. Um, 
you know, when they update the scores is when I can get my data. So I always wait. I think the site updates at like 1030 every night because I know by then that the, the DGPT and all the events usually update their scoring. But one of the big questions on Monday, when you look at the, the standings, a lot of times they'll still say pending. And that's because we don't finalize our standings until the yeah. tournament director finalizes his. So even if they might, they might not change after Sunday, but it'll always say pending until the tournament director goes to the PGA and says, yes, this is the final report. Because every once in a great while, you'll see um, maybe a score change. I, we had it a couple of years ago, um, and we could almost call it like a correction like we see in, in fantasy. Stack, uh, I've stack had it happen, yeah. We've all had that half a point stack correction I've for something. I've lost a category in fantasy basketball <laughs> because of a stack correction. It's so annoying. It I get a horrible. little anxiety seeing that pending. And I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, am I really going to get first? And that's and that's what we have to look out for, because there has been a time I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was Paul Macbeth, who at the end of the round, he found out he played a hole wrong and he went to the tournament director and said, like, hey, I made this mistake. I need to be penalized. And so the tournament director had to go back in and verify it and talk with the talk with the rest of the card. And so we need to make sure that we have ample time after the end of the event, not so much day one, day two. But if that were to happen on day three or four, when the event ends, we need to make sure that we wait until the tournament director truly finalizes the report. So 99% of the time, if you look at Sunday night or Monday morning and it says pending, that's the final result. We're just waiting for the TD to kind of just truly finalize it and complete it. Some TDs get it done right away. Some will wait a day or two before, uh, before they finalize it, just to make sure they have all the, all the finances and all the, like the, the, uh, the round ratings correct and things like that. Just got to get, get the uh, T's crossed, the I's dotted, make sure everything looks good. Exactly. Yep. Um, yeah. We're not a uh, three hour. No, I know. Or I, anything. I feel I, bad because I've listened to a few of your podcasts and they've always been a half hour. And I think I just, I just smash boxed your podcast where we've been going for almost no. maybe over an hour now. <laughs> Oh, no, this is great. Like I said, I like the fantasy, like the solo fantasy shows on Sports Ethos, I feel like are typically between 30 to 45 minutes. So I've just been trying to uh, follow the the um, footsteps of some of the other guys. But like, you could always break this into two parts and then and then have uh, have content for two weeks. It'd be great. <laughs> I, I think we got to do the full set. This has honestly been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining. I, and um, I know you could follow you on Twitter at JV Phobic. Is that right? Yeah, JV Phobic at, on Twitter. Also, uh, I do have, and I, I I will be more diligent about using it in this upcoming season because my goal is to be a little bit more dedicated to social media for Skip Ace. Um, there is a skipace.com uh, Twitter account as well. You can follow okay. if you're if you really want to get into a lot of the nitty gritty. There's a Facebook group just for uh, the Fantasy Disc Golf. I'm on there. I tend to post all the updates. Usually, kind of get announced there first before I push out uh, the newsletter. Um, if you sign up for Skip Ace, yeah, I kind of automatically put you on the newsletter list, so you you get access when we do announce that the updates are released. You're not going to be surprised because you've listened to this podcast. But if you haven't listened to the podcast, shame on you, and you'll get notified of all these updates once they're dropped, probably in early January when we finalize the second round. We did one full set of updates; we made sure those worked. Now we're running on the second set of updates, which will include, like I said, some of the the uh, waiver wire stuff, which I'm I'm really yes. obviously really excited about. So those will all drop in January, and that's when I'll announce it to the world. But if you if you follow me on Facebook or obviously this podcast, you get early access. You know you know ahead of time what's happening. Nice, and, and I know you have like a Patreon for Smashbox. Do you have any like kind of Patreon for Skip Base, or is there any way that anyone can like support Skip Base directly? Just 
do a league next year, get that premium membership and and have a great draft season. That's exactly it. Uh, you know, uh, get some friends together, have fun, pay for a, a custom league. It's $10 for the whole season. And then also become a premium member of Skip A so you can get access to all those behind the scenes stats that, you know, you don't you won't get anywhere else because they're only available on Skip Base. Um, and that's $10 for the for an entire season as well. So the most you'll probably pay to, to play Skip Base for the entire season is 20 bucks. 20 bucks. You know? 20 bucks. Totally worth it. Not too bad. Yeah, no, absolutely worth it. Check. Yeah. Check out Skip Base. Uh, check out Johnny V at Smashbox TV. Um, Johnny, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for joining. Being the first guest on Chill Disc Days is truly an honor getting to uh, talk disc golf with you. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. I love obviously I love to geek out a little bit about the site, about the tech behind it and the, the you know, the new features that come out. I, I get really excited every season. There's almost a letdown every March when I'm like, oh, all right, everything's good. And now I just get to play. But because I right. get really excited about the behind the scenes stuff. So that's 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 well, that's but my then during the year. You got all these ideas. I'm sure you're racking up for improvement. I, yeah, I'm imp- really impressed, really impressed with like how much improvements you've made. So so it's been a lot of fun. I really like Skip Base. It's been great. Well, thank you. I do appreciate it. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Chill Disc Days. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. Huge, huge thank you to our guest today, Johnny V. What a blast. Not every day you get to talk disc golf with Johnny V. Uh, next episode of Chill Disc Days, we are going to get more into some of the U-Disc stats. Thank you guys for listening, and may all your bogeys become birdies.